1: Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector
2: course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615.
1: That's 210-314-2615. What
0: makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning?
2: They
1: do my laundry the way I
2: like it. The wonderful customer service.
1: Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that
3: I ask for and it's always done.
1: They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very
4: excellent customer service and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here.
2: They've got friendly employees when you walk in and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years.
0: Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there literally in literally twenty minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it would take us two hours. The what service
5: was-, was very friendly. You can really trust them.
1: They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. Very I didn't expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game.
2: Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store.
0: And with 23 stores, there's an express
3: lube near you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist.
0: Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8.
6: Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear
0: a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight.
6: The entire Bible every year.
0: Then, on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian Scout through the Book of Books, Sophie Dollar.
3: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're in the house. Jacob here with me. We are ready to start this edition of the Bible Live Quiz Show. I just had a great week, Jacob. met a number of folks who've heard the program, and I was really encouraged this week. Sometimes, you know, we... We laughing about ourselves among ourselves about who's listening and how many and so on. And so, uh, kind of the Lord pulled back the curtain a little bit to this week. And so, you met both of them. Both of them. No, but <laughs> it has been actually several folks have come up and said, "Hey, I listen and I enjoy hearing the scriptures and this, that, and the other." And so, it's really been a great week in that sense. I, I and some of them are listening tonight. We want to give a shout out to. Uh, the new friends that are joining us and hearing the, the quiz show. Some of them had heard the Bible reading program Monday through Friday, but they had not uh, heard the the quiz show, the, the um, prize show, where we ask questions. You get a chance to answer those questions. All of these questions we'll be asking tonight come out of our readings of the Scriptures this past week, and you can call in and win some great prizes from Express Lube, from... A Las Palapas, not Las Palapas yet. We're, we're oh, practicing. I I, 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 got I, it. I knew. I was teasing you. Really. Oh, was, that's yeah. mean. Rose cleaners and, and some yeah. others that we'll send to you. A little prize package that'll uh, hopefully make a little dent, a little positive thing in your in your family budget. So uh, we'll send those well, out. Give oh, us, give,
1: give the folks a little idea what they'll get.
3: Oh, they'll get. Um, I, let me see. I just said uh, the
1: an oil change, perhaps. Oil change. Uh-huh, they'll uh-huh. get. Uh, they'll
3: get a cleaning?
1: certificate.
3: Dry cleaning with Rose Cleaners. They'll get a certificate from the Bible Live if they're ever interested in in uh, having a copy of the Bible on CD that they can listen to themselves. Uh, then we have the certificate there that they can use. Uh, let's see what else I'm thinking. Um, uh, a laptop specialist. Uh, there's a few, a few more. There's, there's. Uh, what's the dry cleaning and uh, the carpet cleaning and the, so on. The, uh, um, I don't think of them.
1: Vern- Vernier. You'll hear the
3: voice. You'll hear the yeah. spots here in the program as well. Doesn't
1: start Vin- Vern- uh, V. It'll come to me. Yes, All of right. course it will. it will. It will. Uh, do um, you need the second letter? Can you name this? And
3: <laughs> that's our first question tonight. Can you main, name our sponsors? Uh. <laughs> that would be. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, folks, you can give us a call, 340, anytime in the next 90 minutes, if you have an answer to some of the questions we'll be putting out there, or even if you have another comment yourself or question that yourself about the Bible, about uh, the readings we had this past week, or even anywhere in the Bible, of what it what it means to know God, to walk with God, to follow God, uh, any of those things. We're, we're just opening the, the phone lines for you to be a part of the program and join with us. This evening on the Bible Live Quiz Show. So let me see. I'm going to give you some questions from the Psalms. We read Psalm 40 and we read Psalms 147 through 150. Those uh several, four or five Psalms, I guess. And then chapters. And then we read the final chapters in the book of Deuteronomy. And we'll recap that for you in just a moment. Chapters 28 through 34. And then we moved uh, after we finished. Now, that 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 finishes the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then we have returned now for a season in what we call the New Testament. Uh, This time we're reading the Gospel of Mark. We've already covered the Gospel of Matthew for this reading year. So we started in Chapter 1 and got uh, to Chapter 8, into Chapter 8 this week. So we'll be asking you some questions from the New Testament in the Gospel of Mark as well. Uh, So get ready. Uh, try to kind County, of remember the questions, a key word that you might remember, then you can call us in, 340-9585, 340-9585. That's the local line for the Bible Live Quiz Show. If you're listening from outside the direct dialing area of San Antonio, uh, around South Texas, or even if you might be listening uh, via the Internet, and we've had folks, uh, founding out folks, that are listening from different parts of the country, Texas and around the country as well. Uh, and so we'd love to have you join us from wherever you are in the continental, continental United States. You can call one 877 877, that makes it toll free. And then 630 So I'll give you some questions from the Psalms. And then Jacob always is good about looking through the narrative readings from the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Mark. In coming up with passages now, Jacob is our, our is our kind of our Hebrew text specialist. He he knows the the scriptures very well, both Old and New Testaments, and he knows that Hebrew, that Jewish background, the history, the ling- the language that helps enlighten us a great deal.
1: Helps oh, us. you're so nice. Oh, you know,
3: well, it's the truth. It helps us Gentiles. We're coming. We're just reading this in a modern English translation or pra- uh, that we have. And, um, and by the way, Jacob really struggles with me at times about those translations. He's a, he's a stickler for them, and, and it, that's good. Uh, we need to hear those things. <laughs> but he gives us some details about the passages that, that are really important, that are very helpful to us to understand better uh, the Scriptures themselves. So uh, that's his role with us, and we're glad, glad he's along uh, on this journey every year through the Scriptures with us. Now, here's a question from Psalm 40. From Psalm 40, I really love this psalm. It's a very, it's a very uh, well-known psalm for, for certain uh, message it has. Uh, but here's the que- the question that comes out of Psalm 40: David says that God heard his cry and turned to him after David had done something. God heard his cry and turned to him, attended to him after David had done something. What was it that David did? Uh, first, it seems, that uh, contributed to, or at least uh, whether we know it contributed or not, it was something that he did first, and then God responded to him and met with him and spoke to him and helped him. So what is that thing that's mentioned prominently in Psalm 40? What is it that David did before, in this case, before the Lord turned to him to help him? All right? So that's number one. Let's go to Psalm one hundred and forty-seven, Psalm. The entire Psalm one hundred forty-seven was written to observe, to remember a certain occasion in the history of the people of Israel. Psalm one hundred forty-seven was written uh, on what occasion? What was it? Uh, uh, not not celebrating by any means, but what was the event that Psalms one one hundred forty-seven was commemorating? For the people of Israel. Psalm 147. Now then. uh, Psalm 148. Psalm 148 says. That all of creation. Is broken into two great choirs. Praising God. From two different places. What are the two places that are mentioned? One is in verse 1. And the second place in verse 7. All of creation. Creation is broken into two great choirs, praising, singing and praising God from two different places. Places. What are those two places? You can look in Psalm 148, in verse one or in verse seven, and you'll find the two places. One more question, and then we'll turn to the books of Deuteronomy and the Gospel of Mark. This comes from Psalm 100, yes, 146, through. Psalm 150. It's going to have to do with all five of those five psalms. These are the last five psalms uh, in the book of the Psalms, and all of them begin and end with certain words. Actually, in Hebrew, it's one word, and uh, we translate that one word into three different words. Uh, I guess, or it could be two. Uh, I guess two words as well. But we usually those are translated into three words. But the last five psalms both begin and end with what words? Okay, Psalm one forty six through one fifty. That's one, two, three question, four questions from the psalms as we begin the evening. Now, uh, now, Jacob, how about from Deuteronomy? This this book means the second law or the second giving of the law. This, these five messages that that Moses is giving to the people of Israel as they are camped on the east side of the Jordan. Um, give us some questions from chapters 28 through 34.
1: Okay. Okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, listen. I...
3: Okay. Okay. As, uh, I forgot who said
1: Remember uh, the uh,
3: the little kids on the cartoon? With, uh... I, I,
1: don't <laughs> I, I don't know. I, maybe my uh, mind is going so I, I, I only I have care. one question. Are they in the carpet cleaning business? Maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. No. Um, Anyway, right, but I was going to Spanky ask. Spanky in our game. Oh, okay. There was, there and was I don't think that, boy that probably said, a lot of oh, people dang. have no idea what you're talking all about. All right, it's all right. Anyway. All
3: right. It's uh, an old man's mubbery, uh, murder, mutterings, you know. Okay. Okay.
1: What I would like to do something that we've never done before, I've never done before, and I won't do it if you don't want me to, but I have an unusual request before we do these. Oh, all Okay. Okay. Uh, Because we're going to do the last four chapters of (laughs) of Deuteronomy. And and then, of course, we're going to Mark, correct? I'm stuck. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's that's really good. (laughs) At any rate... um, all right, so, but <clears throat> in your questions in Mark, there's a question that's a really unusual question. Oh, in question. the Gospel of Mark, you're going to start there. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to one question because I'd like to throw it out there and give people a long time to okay. look it up and think about. Then we'll go back to Deuteronomy. Is okay. that okay? That, that's great. All oh, Okay. Okay, so it's actually based on your number 20.
3: Boy, okay is a real catch word in the English language, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, let's see. Let's, which uh, one did you say? Uh, your number 20. All it right. says, twice Jesus miraculously fed large crowds, one over 5,000 and another over 4,000. you have problems with my, with my use of the word miraculously? No, Okay. I, I don't know. No, I have no problems with any of your questions. He fed, he fed
3: large crowds. One crowd of mm-hmm. over five thousand people mm-hmm. in uh, Mark chapter six, uh-huh. and in the other crowd with over four thousand people in Mark chapter eight. Uh-huh.
1: Now, this is uh, the last of your reading of the last questions of the reading for this week ends on Mark eight twenty one. Agreed. I'll uh-huh. okay. see. All right. See? It does. It does. All right. Now, I would like to throw this question based on your number twenty. Okay. And, I w- and I'm going to be upfront about this. I have read every Christian commentary I can find. I've even called certain radio personalities, preachers, and I've talked to other people. And 821, everybody listening, 821 of Mark is a very interesting question. I'm going to get out my
3: Bible and my interlinear Greek Bible. I've got ah, me tonight, so.
1: well, that's right. Get that interlinear.
3: Do you think I need the interlinear?
1: Well, it could help. Okay. But he says in 821 of Mark, a very good question. He talks about the 5,000 and the 4,000. And he says, Hey, I did this and there's how many things left? And the guys say, the disciples say, Oh, there was yeah, yeah, 12. And then he says, and I did the 4,000. What was left? And they say seven. And then he says the most interesting question. He says, And you still don't understand? Now, I have everything I can lay my hands on. Basically, in the in the Christian world, I, I probably overlooked everything.
3: So there's something very significant about uh-huh. the number, the uh-huh. food that was left over.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Is this talking about the importance of using leftovers? Is that would that be the principle we get out of this?
1: It, it, I, I, yeah, I'm sure that's it. <laughs> and I always close the refrigerator so the light goes off. Okay. Anyway, so but the point is, and I've often found this interesting because I've always asked people, well, what is He wanting them to understand, and since we're so far down the road, 2,000 years in history, and we know so much more than he does, what is it that they're not seemingly understanding, but that we should understand? And I have found that a fascinating question.
3: Okay, then let's, so number 20, twice Jesus miraculously fed large crowds of people, one over 5,000 people, and the other, over 4,000 people. Now, also, these are different, very different
1: audiences. Would you? That's true, right? I really don't have... Well, they're certainly different people, yes. Yeah,
3: but they're kind of dramatically, in a sense, mm-hmm. a very different
1: location. And the They are, seem to be in a different location. Okay, okay. I feel like I'm on what's my line. <laughs> okay. And uh, then the idea mm-hmm. is
3: that uh, it says besides the number of people... 5,000 and 4,000, uh-huh. what was the difference between the two grounds? Grad- do, do you agree with the answer that's written there?
1: Uh, I have no reason to disagree.
3: <laughs> Can you hear him, folks? I mean, that's what I had to live with every day. Uh-huh. No straight
1: answer at all. Well, okay. it, it's because it's certainly possible. I tend to think there was... Of these two groups you're identifying, I tend to think there was both in each group, actually. In, in each in each audience, okay. Sure. Uh-huh.
3: But then you're pointing out that there was another well, difference, and may, that is... May I read it? I, I, I don't mind at all. Maybe uh, we
1: should even make that part of the question. Oh, I want to. What was another difference? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's uh, in verse Mark 20. Okay. He says, uh, and he's talking to his... Um, Well, let me go back to nineteen. And Jesus talking, he says, When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? And they said twelve. And then in verse twenty he says, When I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said they said seven. Uh Uh-huh. Now listen listen to twenty-one. Yeah. He said and he was saying to them, Do you not understand? Now like, my question <laughs> Yeah. So my question is, is since we're two thousand years down the road and we're all experts now, we know so much more than his disciples. Do we get it? What is so important that Jesus said he said, You guys don't get it? So we should be getting it, shouldn't we? So the question is, three. what is that referring to? And I want to do that question first so people have more time and opportunity to look it up and read All it. All
3: right, yeah. And
1: right. now we'll go back to Deuteronomy.
3: Okay, Deuteronomy or another question or two from Mark, too, but uh, go ahead, Deuteronomy. Well, you want
1: to go back in order or? Deut- or? Go to Deuteronomy, that's Okay, good. okay. Uh, year number three, Deuteronomy 30. Moses challenged the people to make what life or death decision? Mm hmm
3: aha uh-huh. that's deuteronomy a 30. life or death decision and in you can actually find the answer in
1: uh, deuteronomy 30 16 and 20
3: all right there
1: you go and then you're number 6 in deuteronomy during the year of release what book did Moses say should be read to all the people when they gathered for the festival of shelters or tabernacles okay now that's a very important question what book would should be read to all the people uh-huh.
3: when they gathered for the Festival of Shelters, the uh-huh. ta- Festival of Tabernacles. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, and then uh, one more? That's one, one way to drum up uh, book sales, right? Uh-huh. You know, just make it part uh-huh. of Ah, Yes. Was well, this, p- is, very to, this is very important.
1: This is very important because Jesus does this in the book of Mark and in Matthew. He reads the book. He does more than that. Yeah, okay. At any anyway, rate, so, and uh, then uh, the last question from Deuteronomy would be, you're 18. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Tell how the three 40-year periods of his life were
3: spent. Okay, the man is 120 years old. Uh-huh. It's divided up into three 40-year periods. Yes, 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 And so what we want you to tell us is where was he during the first 40 years, where mm-hmm. was he during the second 40 years, and what was he doing And in, in the third mm-hmm. 40 years. Right. That's a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a tough question, but we've got some pretty good
1: uh, sure.
3: Pretty good Bible and, and I don't think that's our, uh,
1: too tough for know, folks. I really don't. Okay. Because we know he wandered in a desert for forty years. So that's a hint. but That's one. Yeah. That's that's the so, middle for okay. you. Okay. Right? So and then I uh, will go over to. The...
3: You got a, maybe one or more. I've got a couple from uh, the Gospel of Mark that I like. Well,
1: then why don't you go ahead? Because I got a couple. But you go right ahead.
3: If we're going to talk about the Gospel of Mark, let's find out who is this fella, Mark. Let's learn a little bit more about him, the author of the book. The Roman name for this individual who authored the second gospel was Mark. What was his Hebrew name? That may, that may be a little bit more of a technical. I don't know if it's a hard question or not.
1: But it's it, it's a question worthwhile knowing.
3: I think so. And, and you know what? I should have a passage there they could look to. Uh, actually, I, I read more about him in the, in the book of the Acts uh-huh. uh, after Jesus has resurrected and, and ascended. Then you see him in the book of Acts going on mission trips with, with Paul and so on.
1: Well, I think this is one of those areas where a lot of people who are more or less just pedestrian readers of the uh-huh. New Testament Gospels, they get confused because they say, I thought this guy's name was this, now they're calling him this. Yeah, so. yeah. anyway, but it's, it's, it's good
3: to know. Was Mark, what was his Hebrew name? What was Mark's yeah. Hebrew name? Sure. And then one more. At about the age 30, now here's well, one what that everybody's going to know. At about the age of 30, mm-hmm. Jesus traveled oh, from yes. Nazareth to be baptized by his second cousin, John mm-hmm. the Baptist, mm-hmm. and he was baptized in a river. Mm-hmm. What river was it? That's found in Mark chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse 9. Right. What river was Jesus baptized in? Uh, Don't you think folks
1: should get that one? That, that well, one. sure they should. Okay. You got one more? If you like. Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, okay, uh, let's see. Um, Uh, How about uh, here's one that's I probably take it differently than the majority of Christian readers. Okay. But it's your number 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you might like that one. Oh, I do like it. You did such a fine job. Uh, (laughs) What one sin uh, that we are told that God will never forgive? No, and actually, what he says is, I won't forgive it in this world or the next. Or the next, yeah. Uh
3: And and, uh, and
1: everybody knows this. But what, what what does that mean?
3: Okay. What is the one sin we are told by Jesus himself uh, here sure. that God will never forgive in this life or in the next? Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Chapter 3, verse 28 through 30. Uh-huh. Chapter 3, 28 through 30. And we can, uh, uh-huh. I'd be interested in hearing your take on that. Um, uh, I'd
1: be here at be in hearing my take, too. <laughs>
3: You're gonna make it up before. Well, you got don't have much time. Larry is on the line, wow. and he just might want to answer that question. For all
4: I know. Hi, wow. Larry. Uh, well, I could answer two questions. All <laughs> he right. Bad,
3: da- he help clear up those questions.
4: The, he was baptized in the Jordan River.
3: Oh, he got it. in the River Jordan.
4: Where's my little ding ding? Hang on. Hang on. We're gonna celebrate
3: here. here. You got it Larry. He was baptized in the okay. Jordan River, which, yeah, would, uh, would
1: you please get the luggage for uh, Mr. Larry? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll take it up Am to I room, going to Jordan to room 203. <laughs> oh yeah, you're going to Jordan. That you want a free trip to Israel. That would Oh, be you're going to
1: you're going to be sorry you said that. I know
3: it. I know it. That would be so wonderful if we could do that. Yeah. Uh who knows maybe someday we will. Oh yeah. Uh, sure. so anyway, the, he would Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. Let me give you a little follow-up question. What was the other question that you could answer for us?
4: Well, you asked, what is the unforgivable
3: sin? Ooh, that's the more blasphemy difficult
4: Blasphemy against, against the Holy Holy Ghost.
3: The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And now we're uh, going to get Jacob to talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, you
1: the- can't go away, Larry. We're going to take a break in a minute, but we'll talk until we can't talk. And he's
3: going to talk a little bit about this yes.
1: baptism. This, uh, uh, no, the
3: uh Blasphemy uh-huh. of the Holy Spirit. So Larry, but I want to ask, this. Yes, ask you this. Yes, that's special. it. Go ahead. You got it. Sophie. From the River Jordan, uh, I'm also going to ask you when we get back, Larry, why did Jesus go to the Jordan River all the way out instead of normally when people are dedicating themselves to the ministry and baptized to initiate, inaugurate their ministry? They're baptized in the temple. Uh, do you have a clear idea as to why he went all the way out to the Jordan?
4: No, I don't have a
3: clue. Okay, well, think about it. Now, it, it didn't. He went out just because it was his second cousin. He wanted to go out and be with a family member. I, I, who knows? He's doing right a
1: right little business
3: to, to his family. family you know? But there was there was some interesting. Uh, and Jacob has made me aware of this, and it really uh, shed a lot of light. It made me kind of oh, well, that's interesting. It helps explain why Jesus went out there, and, uh, and it helps us understand a little bit. About the times in which Jesus lived as well. So we'll come back and answer that, and then we'll look at that question about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Can you hang on with us, Larry? Yes, I can. Okay. We'll be back right after these couple of messages, and we'll continue with the Bible Live quiz show. Don't go away, folks. I can hang on too, Sophie.
6: All right. Okay.
0: www.thebiblelive.com Or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 1888. San Antonio, Texas
3: 78218 Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop Fourteen and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar Family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist.
7: Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it.
3: Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes?
2: Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets.
3: Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535.
0: In the movie Jupiter Ascending, Jupiter Jones is a young 20-something who earns her keep cleaning bathrooms. But unbeknownst to her, she has the genetic makeup to be queen of the cosmos. This bombastic space opera by the makers of the Matrix film series is a rare blend of the pretentious and silly and a pick that's very difficult to take seriously. In addition to its nonstop violence, mishmash of spirituality and sensual asides, the movie is just flat out weird and not in a good way. So I'm giving Jupiter Ascending a mere two sparkling toilets out of five for family friendliness. For our full take on this film, the movie seventh son, the newest SpongeBob flick, or pass the light, visit us at PluggedIn.com. Plugging you into the movies, I'm Bob Walshewski for Focus on the Family's Plugged In Movie Review.
6: Above all powers,
2: above all
6: kings, above all nature and all created things.
4: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
3: All right, we are back. You are listening to The Bible Live Quiz Show. And uh, Larry has been on the line with us. Let me bring Larry back up again. Just before the end of the break, Larry answered a question for us. About um, let me see, uh, what was it? Oh, Jordan. About Jesus, the Jordan River. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, and then we have this question about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is the sin that Jesus said is unforgivable—that God can never forgive or will never forgive that particular sin. Uh, Larry, you're still with us, I hope. Yes, yes, uh, I am. Give me uh, your thoughts a little bit. I just you've thought about it maybe a little bit during the break. Uh, why do you think maybe Jesus went out to the Jordan? Besides just that, it was his second cut. It was John the Baptist. The, the the familiar relationship, at least.
4: Well, all I can say is that uh, at the bottom of the of the page uh, says one uh, semicolon uh, says Jesus was baptized John because he had no sins to repent of. Uh, Ah, Jesus' baptized, baptism was unique.
3: Yeah, in, in, in some ways, it was a ceremonial cleansing uh, of a recognition of repentance of sin, but also it was a ritual of uh, that men and women who went into the ministry, for example, that took a a, a vow of ministry or the uh, into the priesthood, uh, they went through a ceremonial washing and cleansing as well. Now, uh, do you happen to know what tribe of Israel? That John the Baptist was from?
4: No, I did not.
3: His father was Zechariah. His mother was Elizabeth. They were both from the tribe of the Levites, which were the the tribe of the the, the priest of the of the, uh, the priesthood. The Levites and the Levites, and so they were the tribe that legitimately all the priests that served Israel were to come from the Levites. And what had happened, of course, in that era. The Judaism or the, the temple, the worship had become so corrupted by the Roman government imposing their laws and their rules, and they even started naming and in, in letting people buy the priesthood and buy membership in the Sanhedrin, the governing body. So the, the, um, the priesthood in the, had been so corrupted by the process uh, with the governing you know, the power of the Roman government. Uh, and the corruption within the, the Judaism itself, that Jesus went to his, his, part of the reason is that Jesus went to his second cousin because he was a legitimate Levite, uh, a Levite priest of the tribe of Levi that could inaugurate and initiate uh, correctly and effectively uh, as was supposed to do. That's why he said we must do things all decently and in order, part of that reason. So it's, it is another little, a little another little angle, another little understanding of, of why he went out to the Jordan and allowed his second cousin there to be the one who inaugurated uh, and initiated his ministry in this in this ceremonial rite of uh, of ceremonial washing. Uh, very very, I found that very interesting. Jacob has actually been had that insight for us, and I think it uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, for us. It
1: adds a little element to our understanding of his well, baptism. In fact, I would add that had Jesus gone ahead and baptized John, we would have had a sin right there.
3: Because He's he not a
1: nobody can baptize but the Levites.
3: And there you go. So the, everything, it does give us a little additional light on the on that particular event, doesn't it, Larry?
4: Well, does that mean that my baptism didn't count because <laughs> it wasn't by a Levite? No. That doesn't mean that <laughs> your baptism didn't count. Very by good. Actually, your
1: name is Larry, which is very, starts with the an L, like Levite starts with also There you go. So we counted. See, but I, I, I will up. say, huh? Oh, go ahead, Larry.
4: I say, is that close enough? That's, that's, that's close that's enough for really government good.
1: work. Yeah. You are a winner of the i got to ask, though, Larry, where does baptism talk about where it originated? And this is in the New Testament. Do you know where it's at? Really? Yes.
3: In the New see, Testament? Yeah,
1: see, the Jews have all, always or, done baptism. Yeah, there was, what, but, It's kind of a ceremonial watch. Well, it's used for several the, things. Outside the but it's uh, in Hebrew, it's called a mikvah. So it was actually John... The mikvah man, or uh, Yachanan the mikvah man, and the Baptist. Uh-huh. so, so but where you'll find it, yeah. you'll find it explained from a Jewish perspective in First Peter, First Peter, chapter three, First. and oh, verse twenty-one.
3: The children of Israel baptized in the uh, well, uh, cloud.
1: Listen, listen to this. Okay, it says First Peter chapter three verse twenty-one. Corresponding to that, they're talking about Noah coming up out of the water. It says, Baptism now saves you, just as Noah was. So the first picture of baptism was Noah. Was Noah. The, you might say he came up out of the water, he was saved. Mm-hmm. And so that idea is carried forth as mikvah in all of Judaism. And here it is, right here in the New Testament, explaining where the origination idea came from—from from baptism. How about that, Larry? Interesting.
3: Yeah. I okay. Like that,
1: uh, what was
3: that? Second Peter?
1: No, that was First Peter. First Peter, chapter three, three. verse twenty-one. Right. And of course, we see uh, baptism
3: where it's told to us and clarified to us in the New Testament that baptism is essentially uh, is the the baptism that saves is a spiritual baptism It's a spiritual transaction of being co identified with Christ. I was just speaking to a whole group of uh, basic trainees out at Lackland about this this morning. That some of them that are considering, after their decision to trust Christ, to, to go through and, and experience believers' baptism. And we were talking about the fact that uh, the, the, the root of it in the New Testament came from the textile industry. People would take a fabric, a piece of cloth, and they would dip it down into the vat of dye. And then the two were bonded together. They were co-identified, the the fabric with the color of the dye. And so that's the idea of being the co-identification. And and, uh, when we come to Christ, when we place our faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord, and we're born again, and at that moment we experience several spiritual Baptisms. We, the Holy Spirit, baptizes us into the body of Christ. Christ baptizes us with His Holy Spirit, who comes to dwell and walk with us and uh, be our spiritual wingman, our our escort as we go toward glory. He's going to be do that transforming work in our lives. So there's some spiritual transaction, uh, baptism, a co-identification that takes place, and then the water baptism is a beautiful uh, picture of that that we as believers can. Uh, it's an outward symbol of that inward reality. It's a testimony that we can give that we have, in in fact, uh, begun a new life in Christ. And uh, you know, we're buried in Christ with in baptism. We rise to walk in newness of life. The idea that, of, uh, like Noah, for example, coming out of the water. So it's a, it's a beautiful symbol. It has been for centuries a beautiful symbol of our relationship with Christ. Let's jump over quickly before I launch too much into my preaching mode there, and get into this idea blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Do you have a thought on that too, Larry, of what that, I mean, it's a very serious thing, obviously, a sin for which there is no forgiveness. Uh, What have you come to understand about it? I'll tell
4: you, I I don't think that uh, very few ministers, if any, can explain it because none of them seem to understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, I've I've had preachers tell me, well, you haven't been alive long enough to commit that sin. (laughs) But I thought if if someone denied... It takes lots of practice, evidently, right? Pardon me?
3: It takes lots of practice, evidently, to commit that particular sin. uh, No, I
4: don't think so. I think if somebody uh, denied that Jesus Christ uh, was the Messiah, I think that's it.
3: Something like that. I think you're very close to the idea... Remember in John chapter three, Jesus uh, is talking about the new birth to Nicodemus, this this uh, this rabbi who comes to him by night, and he talks to him about the fact that we have to be born again to be become to go to heaven to be with God, and the, he talks about this this this, salve, this saving event, salvation event, born again. That uh, of course the it, the agent of that. Of the agent of the new birth is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who shows us our need of a Savior. He reveals to us our sin. He shows us a need for a Savior, and and He is the one who reveals to us uh, the the re, the Redeemer, Jesus. He the the Holy Spirit is the one who does that. And He is. It, it could be a preacher we're listening to, or someone who your your friend, that your buddy who might be witnessing to you and talking to you about God over lunch, but it. it the Holy Spirit uses their words. He is the one that penetrates our heart and shows us our need of the Lord to bring to come to salvation. So if we reject the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's what Jesus says when He tells His disciples about the Holy Spirit, He says He will speak of Me. He is the one who will, who will bring and usher you, uh, bring people to Me. He will glorify Me and speak of Me, not of Himself. He He will bring people to to the Savior. And so the the idea of I, I've understood is that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is rejecting that fundamental ministry of the Holy Spirit as he brings us, he shows us our sin, our need of a Savior, and brings us to Messiah, and then we reject. When we reject the gospel message, the good news, the gift of God, that is a blasphemy against the work uh, of the Holy Spirit because that's his function. And so if we reject salvation... We can't be saved. That's why. That would explain why it's unforgivable. Because the only means of forgiveness and salvation is through the redemptive work of Messiah. And if we reject that, then there's no other. There's no other means of uh, redemption, forgiveness, and and uh, you know the new birth, salvation. So to me, that I. That's the way I make sense of it. It seems logical and clear uh, if we understand that the work of the Holy Spirit is to is that the agent of the new birth, that he is the one that brings us to the Savior. Now, Jacob has another thought about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I do. Are well, yes. you in
1: there, Jacob? Larry, well, are you there? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, in no way, <clears throat> pardon me, with no way would I quibble with what Soapy just said or what you said. However, just in the limited framework of a Jewish idea, uh, I think I got a pretty good grasp of what this is talking about. It's going to surprise you. All right. Uh, In the Ten Commandments, the third commandment is you shall not take God's name in vain. And it's not an accident that the next one, the fourth commandment, is the Sabbath. Blasphemy against God, who is translated as the Holy Spirit, is not for the Jew, for not keeping the Sabbath. Because that way you blaspheme God's name, and that's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit.
3: Okay. That's it. Definitely a, a Jewish spin on the idea, oh. and, and I'll have to ponder it.
1: Yeah, p- pondering is always good. <laughs>
3: pondering is good. Well, very good. Larry, you've gotten an earful. We, I guess you didn't bargain for a long conversation, but we are so happy you called in.
1: Yeah, will you send us uh, gifts now, Larry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, we're going to send you a packet of gifts and prizes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so if you don't mind, Larry, uh, don't hang up. Hang on and talk to Mark. and He's going to take down the address that we can send the can gift that, packet that to. And,
4: We'll get it off. Can I say something on the air first? Please do, yes. It depends.
1: Is it, is it going to be embarrassing? Yeah, I got my finger oh, no, no, on the dub no. button here no, now. Very,
4: it's got, no, it's going to be very short. Okay, go for it. Uh, I think that our ministers are letting us down because they're not educating the Christians about what event starts the tribulation. And I know, and I'm sure you know, but it, I'll bet the majority of your listeners do not know. Ah, this is
3: intriguing. Uh, uh, this is intriguing. Talk to us a little bit about it. Do you mind?
4: Okay. It's, uh, Daniel, chapter 9, verse 27. Which, that in itself is difficult to understand, but what it means is when the Antichrist signs the, the seven-year treaty between Israel and the Muslims, that is day one of the tribulation.
3: Interesting. Jacob and I are both going to have to ponder that. And I know you'll find it interesting.
1: Well, I will all tell things, you this: all um, things Jewish? I, I do get, uh, and I'm not suggesting anything that's inappropriate here. I hope, but uh, there is supposedly that's going to be revealed because I, I get little Jewish emails and things, uh-huh. and different notices on information. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm told that there is on the horizon an agreement that's going to be signed by America and Iran by the end of March. That's America and Iran, not Israel. That is correct. Uh, Seven-year treaty. Well, I, I don't, This I don't know. All I know is I find that interesting, and I understand that's the reason why Obama doesn't want President Obama uh, doesn't want Benjamin Netanyahu coming here and speaking to Congress because he's going to speak against it. Wow. That, that's what I am told from sources. You heard
3: horses. it first right here, folks, on the Bible Live Quiz Show. I have no
1: idea if all yeah, that's true, but that's what, I, that's what I'm told.
3: Let's keep an eye on it. And Larry will appreciate the insight, and it will give us all something, again, to ponder, right? We do a lot of pondering here on the Quiz Show. But in, meanwhile, would you talk to Mark and give him that information? We'll go and catch another listener.
4: Sure.
3: Thank you, Larry. Have a great week. This Thank you. Week, we'll be in touch.
1: That's Chris.
3: This is Chris. Chris. Christina is on the line with us. Hi, Christina. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Good to hear your voice on the program tonight. Just to remind our listeners, if you'd like to join us like Larry did or Christina has, you need only dial three four zero ninety five eighty five, and we'll get a chance to visit and talk with you and give you a chance to answer maybe some questions, win some prizes, or or ask a question as well. Which would you like, Christina, tonight? Uh, Well,
5: actually, a little of both. Okay. Um, I wanted to... I think refer to what Jacob had spoken on a couple of weeks ago as far as, um, you know, the unpardonable sin. Okay. He had mentioned something about the, there's different types. There's sin is a, and then transgression ah, and yes. then something, a oh, the, the third one that's against God. Okay, and let me see. That what are they? Sin sin I, the,
3: I want to try to remember them the well. Okay. Huh? I, I want to remember them as well. There's sin, which is a... Is uh, un- unintentional. Unintentional. And then
1: there's... Uh, Iniquity. Iniquity.
5: Iniquity, is... that was the one. That's, one that. that's
1: the one that's intentional, intentional against fellow human beings. And then... Uh, then the transgression. Uh,
5: transgression. Is, is intentional, against
1: intentional against God. Sin against God. Okay.
5: Okay, and then so Jesus was saying on the cross, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Oh. And it was... That kind of a sin, the sin against the Father. That right, they, that was that touching,
3: was, wasn't it? Because Jesus, for, for him not only to forgive them, but the idea is he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Don't make this uh, unforgivable. Don't make
1: this something they can't. Well, he's a lamb, a lamb of God, as I say. Uh-huh. And so, and I'm in no way meaning to contradict any particular religious point of view. But a lamb, as you'll find in Leviticus, can only be used for sin. It cannot be used for iniquity nor transgression. Right. So when he says forgive them, they know not what they're doing. That's unintentional. Exactly what a lamb should be doing. So
3: he's granting right. them grace even from the cross. Yes, there, and so yeah. if you don't know so what you're doing, covered.
1: well, that's right. So if you don't know what you're doing, then you can't really commit an iniquity or a transgression because you don't know what you're doing. Right.
5: Now, By The corollary, I think, is... If you know to do right and you don't do it, it's sin. And if he you don't know knows that, to do right and doesn't do
3: it.
1: Right. Actually, you'll find the actual definition that's very close. In Deuteronomy, a sin is doing something unintentionally that God said not to do. That's actually the definition. But that's, that's a, a passage of Scripture uh-huh. that she just quoted. It is.
3: He that knoweth to do right and doeth it not.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, something like that. Well, I think same thing. But are you
3: relating, Christina, are you relating that idea to the question about the Holy Spirit? Is that what? Kind of of well,
5: your, I was just wondering, um, if they're related, if that's what you were talking about earlier. I mean, I was on hold though, whenever you, um, Explained, yeah. expounded with your your definition as far as the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and and if you reject the Holy Spirit.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, if but I, I the, thought it had yeah. a lot
5: to do with what Jacob had. Yeah. Um,
1: I think it's a very good observation. A
5: weeks ago. Does it? Do you mm-hmm. think there's any relationship?
3: Well, of
1: course, uh, yeah. I, I I could not disagree with that. I think she's got a good point. It's
3: interesting. It's an interesting thing. Again, we mm. get to ponder. <laughs> you guys are going to be a whole lot of pondering going on in this place. Those are good ideas that we want to listen to and and think about. Well, okay. Christina, um, let me see if there is another. Uh, well, that I
5: was going to answer about Psalm 40. I know okay, that was...
3: good. I'm glad
5: a while ago but that's one of
3: my life verses. And, oh, David says uh, that God, was, God that he heard his cry. Patiently. He waited patiently for the Lord and then the Lord heard his cry and turned to him. That that is it's one of your favorite verses. What what do you think um what is the idea of waiting on the Lord? Waiting patiently for the Lord. Give us a little bit some of your in since it's kind of a favorite verse. We spend a lot of our life as human beings waiting. We're waiting on a check to arrive, waiting on uh, time to get up in the morning, go to work, Sort sure, of like on the Christine children.
1: did, waiting on the line. We're waiting. We're yeah. Waiting, well, waiting on the
5: I've, phone. Because I've, 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 um, you know, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I am thinking, you don't just sit there passively. You know, God is, it's, uh, most of it is about action. You know, faith without works is uh-huh. dead. And so I, I thought about it as far as my food service years and, and, uh, being a waitress. And it's not so much that you stand there and you wait you serve and you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do what's asked of you by uh-huh. the patron. And, um, so to me, that's, that's what that waiting means.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, as far as it's been in, you know, um, I don't know that I did the patiently
1: part. <laughs> <very> well, <laughs> that's but, a, that's a fascinating but as way as she's you explaining him it and so you before.
5: wait on him and you delight yourself in him. And, mm-hmm. and those, you know, to me, verbs—that's um, when you find him, and that's when he can connect with you. Um, is when you turn towards him and you you start serving. Waiting on yeah.
1: the Lord. Yeah, him. so like when God left the Jews for almost 400 years in Egypt, all of a sudden He says, "Hurry and don't bake anything; you're going to be in a hurry." So after 400 years, God's in a hurry. <laughs> <Yeah. After 400
5: laughs> hey, years, you know, it's His timing, His ways are not our ways, yeah. and
3: His thoughts are not well, our thoughts. I've always thought of that passage, Christina, the idea of waiting on the Lord. Not so much the word waiting, because waiting is not even something we have a choice about. It's part of True. the human life and experience. We all have to wait. We constantly having to wait on something or someone. I like really
1: I said, no. So I really, I really like her answer about too. during that period of waiting, what you're doing. I think that's fascinating. It
3: is, and it kind of relates to what I'm saying. Is that my emphasis? is Not so much on the word waiting, which is. I, I think is important, but I've kind of lightly uh, taken on the the other aspect is waiting on the Lord. In other words, right. when I find I'm impatient and I'm all stirred up and chaotic. It's not that I'm not waiting. I am waiting, but I'm not making the Lord the object of my waiting. I'm,
5: right, I'm waiting just like on... it's not what you believe, it's yeah. who you believe in.
3: Yeah, and so I'm waiting on Jim to do something, or I'm waiting on somebody else to do something, or somebody to send me a check, or this or that. Or this. I, I make that the object of my waiting, and then I get impatient and I'm all worried and stirred up. But if I make the Lord the object of my waiting on the Lord, then then I find I'm more apt to be patient because I know the Lord. He's going to do things. Well, I think that,
5: that kind of dovetails with the that Isaiah reference, so those, the wait, those that wait on the Lord yeah, will renew we, their strength. Renew their strength. Because yeah. when you're waiting on something other than God, um, like man or, or something like that, and your hope is in, yeah. and expectations are in those things, you end up uh, spinning your wheels and getting frustrated yeah, yeah. and getting weary.
3: But if you make the Lord the object of your waiting, that
6: you I kind of turn the verse.
3: I make the, I, the verse has taken on that aspect to me. Not so much the waiting because I can't help but wait, but make the Lord, you know, wait on the Lord. Make Him the object of my waiting, and then uh, you know I find that I renew much. It, it's not debilitating. It's not draining. Then no, I'm,
5: it's actually invigorating. It's
3: invigorating and energizing. You have a hope that won't be disappointed. Yeah, there's some expectation there about what's God going to do and when is He going to do it? It's going to be great. But I do
5: like your your uh, point about you don't necessarily have a choice whether to wait, but we do have a choice on how yeah. we react and what we do. And it dovetails <laughs> a little bit time. with what
3: you're saying as well—the attitude with which you wait. Oh, right. Lord, I, I like that a lot. Thank you, Christina. That was a very good insight you brought to us. Can you talk
5: to Marcus and give
6: your information? <laughs> I've already, I've okay. given him
5: information a while back, but I did want to You're also... Waiting so could, <laughs> You're waiting on I what? wanted to, um, the uh-huh. 40 year periods of yeah. Moses' life. Good. Can you tell, the, tell us those? Uh, I believe it was that he was in the Egyptian household. In
3: the palace of uh, Pharaoh. Right.
5: And then he um, was a farmer very, um, uh, I think, for 40 years. He had a business, basically. Well, he wasn't a farmer. I don't know how you interpret the word farmer.
3: Not yeah, a far- that's okay. Uh, she cattleman? wins. It's
1: good enough. She wins. Okay,
3: farmer's good. <laughs> a Jew <laughs> says uh, it is good. Uh, so that's it's
1: good <laughs> enough. You win, Christina.
3: Okay. And then what did you do about the last 40 years? Uh,
5: well, that. That he spent um, wandering around, I guess, in the desert, isn't that what y'all had yeah. pointed out
3: then as a, was, what'd you say? a leader? The first forty, he was in the palace of Egypt, with under the pharaoh. The second forty, he was a farmer or a shepherd in the in the uh, in, down in uh, when he fled out of Egypt, right. and then the the last forty, he was called to go back to the pharaoh and. And he led the people of Israel out of Egypt and into you know the forty years of wandering in the wilderness and so on. Yeah, she so, got it. You got him. You got him good. Da-da-da-da-da. But I am
5: curious about the the um, and I'll I'll get off so I can listen to it. But I I hope we don't run out of show before Jacob can explain his take on the the uh, loaves. Okay. And the
1: numbers. We'll definitely get to it for yeah. sure. And we we may answer it.
5: <laughs> yeah. and I I do actually, Jacob. Since I have you on the line, um, I had I had called in to uh, one of the other shows before asking about the the point of uh, the hundred and fifty three fish that yeah. were left over, mm-hmm. and, and why that specific number.
6: <laughs> and this
5: teacher had told me, you know, well, because it's to be very specific, you know, to show that it's. Detailed. It's not 152, it's not 154. Mm -hmm. But when my parents had gone to Israel this summer, they uh, were on a tour, Mm -hmm. and their tour guide Mm -hmm. explained to him that the numeric value of 153 is God, it spells out I am God or something to that effect.
1: It's one of the names of God. That's correct. But also in the Proverbs, it mentions 153 nations at that time of Jesus. There was 153 nations that were officially counted in Jerusalem. So it's uh-huh. everybody, not just that, but it is also numerically because Hebrew is numbers, and that is uh, one of the na- one of the names of God. That is correct. Yes. He never ceases to. Amaze. And That's it's right. also mentioned as 153 nations in Proverbs. Very great. Very. And pro- the
5: 153 nations, as far as um, at what time? I oh, mean, man,
3: at that time, I think, in the time of Jesus.
5: And but how does that correlate to the fish? The- the fish, I mean, they're like, is that how... A, a fish in
1: Hebrew, long before Jesus, well, was, was, was always a, a symbol of a, of life.
5: And there was a
3: harvest here. They were bringing yeah. in the fish. And yeah. the idea he's communicating to his disciples, perhaps, mm-hmm. is the idea... Remember, he sent them out to all the nations the of the fishers world. fishers of men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That, so, ca- so,
1: that actually comes from Jeremiah. If you, you can look it up and find it, but it's in Jeremiah.
3: All right. Listen, wow, Christina, awesome. I've got to let you go. Go and talk with yeah, Mark. thank Make you Make sure so we much. got that information. We're going to visit with Austin here in just a moment. Uh, Let me go hit another button. Austin, are you with us? Uh, Yes, I am. Please forgive me for taking so long. We just enjoyed our visit with uh, others. We're going to have to take a break here in a moment as well. Uh, Can you hang on? And and what question was it that you were kind of uh, focusing on or interested in?
2: Well, I was kind of hoping to share on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit issue.
3: Okay, we'll come back to that right after this brief break. Don't go away. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Is it in the Gospel of Mark, Jacob, that that Jesus tells that story about the man who leaves leaves the ninety nine sheep to go out and find the one that was lost? I I can't remember Uh, if that's part of the Gospel of Mark or one of the other Gospels, but that's what that song was based on. Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, we'll 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 count. Maybe someone else can inform us uh, about that. Let's go quickly to uh austin austin is on the line Austin, please forgive us we we got carried away there with christina a good while and thanks for hanging on we do want uh, to invite fernando and gilbert go ahead and give us a call back it could be that she answered a question that you were going to answer but there are lots of other questions out there and we'd love to visit with you as well fernando and gilbert so and
1: and there are a couple other callers that that really hung up. And for whatever reason, you're all invited to call back. Give us a call. To this locality, and it will have a in helping of our hospitality. There you go,
3: 340-9585. But we do have Austin on the line. Let's hear what he has to say. How are you doing, Austin?
2: Hi, I'm pretty good. I, I wanted to first say that um, shortly after I was baptized, um, I became uh, very uh, irrationally afraid that I had blasphemed against the Holy Spirit and lost my salvation. And it was uh, one of the most uh, painful, emotionally painful and despairing times of my life. And I know a lot of Christians fall into that fear. And uh, what really helped me was um, a verse in Jeremiah about uh, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you shall seek 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 me with all your heart. heart. And so I really... Uh, devoted a lot of time to just uh, seeking the Lord, and, and eventually he gave me a lot of assurance about my salvation. So I'd really recommend that to any Christians out there who are afraid of having committed that sin.
3: Very good, Austin. I like that. And I have, and, um, I have met people over the years that have had that fear somehow, and to, to explain to them, know that if you're sensitive and you're open to God and you're seeking God, you haven't committed... Uh, the the blasphemy you haven't you're not rejecting you know god the holy the work of the holy spirit to call you to repentance and so on and so yeah it's a very good word for us tonight and uh to think of god's goodness and faithfulness is a good a good step to take uh, yeah great thanks for that yeah what sure. else is on your and, mind and
2: my, my take what what else is on your mind oh um I, I have a take on it that's a little bit different uh from yours but along okay. the same lines all right um I, I, the context of it was, um, when, when people were ascribing the miracles to, to Satan that Jesus was doing.
6: Right. That's and true. I know
2: a lot of preachers use that to, to claim that the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is to ascribe the miracles of God to the devil. But I, I think it's a bit more general. I think Jesus is using the word blasphemy in a, uh, in a, in a particular way to like talk about, uh, to, to speak against the miracles of God, as as like evil in general, yeah. Um, because then at that point, you know, if, if God's uh, testifying to your heart and you're seeing miracles and you're so close, you're so hard-hearted to reject that, then your your heart your heart is probably so hardened that you can't really accept the gospel anymore.
3: Yeah, and once you can't accept the gospel, the means of salvation, then there is mm-hmm. the means of forgiveness then there is no forgiveness. Uh, yeah, it would make sense very much. Yeah, I
2: think there is a And I'm dying to know if Jacob ever uh, got to see that debate between Hitchens and Dr. William Lane Craig. Oh,
1: I looked question. at three of them, actually.
2: We were trying to Wow, remember. there were three of them? Yeah,
1: and, and, I've also, and I have also also watched several others, at least piecemeal, of Hitchens.
3: And, uh, we were wondering off off the air there during the break if if this was the same Austin who had given us that idea and, and yeah. encouraged it. So it's good to know that you
1: followed up on that. Yeah, yeah. He well, give him a, a
3: thought or two about what you when you watch those debates, Jacobini.
1: Well, I you know both of them made good points, and and uh, and, and quite frankly, uh, and I I would agree with Austin that his uh, his champion in that was made good points. But I also found that the points were not registered with Hitchings at all, and, uh, yeah, and they were kind
3: of talking by, past each other. Yes, in the way. yes,
1: yeah. they were. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah. I, did, I didn't see any concession. And Hitchings was, is a very skilled debater, and uh, and he's always on the attack. He's was not, well. He's no longer debating. Yes, now he's now he's, now he's being attacked. Now probably. he's pretty much convinced. But, uh, <laughs> but at any rate, well, no, I noticed other, that, I and uh, and I've often. Uh, and I know exactly what Austin is talking about, that the guy was was knowledgeable. But uh, I also knew that much of the argument that the guys making was also based on fate. And fate, is, to a guy like Hitchings, is an irrational argument.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, Austin, awesome. thanks for calling in. Any, any other, you want to sure. answer another
2: question for us or uh, anything like that? I could... Try. I, I'd probably make a fool of myself.
1: Well, listen, no, no you if won't. you do, I will be the first to be able to recognize it because I've done that so often.
2: Let's go, to that, <laughs> let's go to that question, Jacob, that
3: you found. Let's ask if maybe Austin can give shed some light. Twice Jesus miraculously fed large crowds of people. One crowd was over 5,000 people mm-hmm. and the other over 4,000 people. Uh, and both of these are in the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 6 and in... Uh, uh, respectively, chapter eight with four thousand people. Besides mm-hmm. the number of people in the audiences, what was the difference between those two crowds, those two events? Huh.
2: Can you give us a thought? Well, I, I I thought the question was what Jesus was trying to get us to understand. Yeah, well, that's that was this that is was my question. that was
1: my ed- addendum. That was <laughs> my speech. oh, Jacob's,
3: I see, I see. That's Jacob's. But if you uh, know the
1: answer, it. I would love to hear it.
3: Do you have a thought about what was the the difference and of course that is bound up in Jesus question of don't you see it yet he was saying there there is oh. a difference here but what was the difference between the two groups and it evidently has something oh. to do with those numbers right the the answer to his first I, question there were 12 baskets of food left over with the first group and seven ba- seven baskets left over oh. in the second group uh, any thought about that a, a kind of a guess maybe about what what was different about the two crowds the two events
2: well, actually I, I am uh, pretty ignorant about any differences, but I did have a thought about uh, what Jesus might have been trying to teach us.
3: Well, the number 12 means something. Maybe does 12 bring anything to your mind?
2: Uh the 12 tribes of Israel.
1: Uh, that's actually uh, well that's a that's a good response. It's also a very frequent response. Yeah. Uh the second most frequent response that I got from Christian commentaries uh, even ancient Christian commentaries, and uh, and I actually called up a few preachers, said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And the second most common was that what's well, teaching us that he can do miracles. I found that totally dissatisfactory, mm-hmm.
6: because, That's a, because he, he's
1: most... he's specifically talking about numbers, and he's talking about baskets, and he's talking about something else.
6: Okay, so Go there's
1: something it. he wants us to get out of this. Tell us what it is, Jacob. Well. Israel belongs to the Jews. And when Joshua came across, and Moses and Joshua divided Israel into 12 baskets. And so each basket you see, when you eat out of a basket and a piece of your land is assigned to you by God, the baskets are still left over and still full. The first 5,000 refers to Passover. The second 4,000, the seven, What happens after Passover? By seven loaves. Seven times seven is 49. It's Shavuot, or what you would call Pentecost. Pentecost. And now I won't go into this too much because it's not part of this week's reading. But next week's reading, in the third verse of chapter 9, talks about Sukkot. So we know it's the order of the Jewish festivals and what he's saying is you guys don't get it it's passover it's when we got the 10 commandments it's the anniversary you're celebrating and see they have been so inundated and so abused and so bereft of having good teaching primarily because of the romans and any corrupt jews involved that they were forgetting the jewish commanded holidays by god
3: very interesting an interesting insight. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard that it had to do with the 12 baskets being Basically, the audience was a Jewish audience on there on the west side of the uh, Sea of Galilee, and that the the other of seven were on the east side, wasn't uh-huh. it? In the,
1: the well, cities. he talks about there's a there's the and two little fish, right? He, he,
3: uh, yeah, uh-huh. and the idea of the seven
1: baskets uh-huh.
3: was uh-huh. the idea of of the nations, the gospel of uh-huh. the, to the Gentile nations of the world as well. It, so it kind of had that significance. of
4: well, it may
1: have both. Do you know what? He went to Bethsaida. Do you know what Bethsaida means in Hebrew?
3: Beth is house of uh-huh. Seda, uh-huh. Seda, Seda. Fish. House of fish. Two okay.
1: little fish. Uh, there are many scholars, and I think many Jewish scholars, which I tend to agree with. On each side, there was a little fishing village. There was one side, Bethsaida one, and on the other side of Galilee, well, Bethsaida two, two? Okay. east and west. So the two little fish are the two fishing villages.
3: Did they have the same zip code?
1: Uh, they had a zipper code.
6: <laughs> anyway,
1: I would suggest that because it's very clear because we know, uh, that it's talking about barley. Why barley? Barley is what you eat at Passover because it's the first ripened fruit. And so seven weeks later, you get, uh, that's 49 days or 50 days, and that is when the wheat is ripened and that's a later crop. And that's what you, that's when you get as far as agriculture purposes, that's when you get the wheat, oh, and that's also when the Ten Commandments were given.
3: Did you find that in any of the commentaries? Did anyone? No, no, I didn't. But know then, know I, but, but
1: I'm interpreting it strictly from a Jewish point of view. You
3: know, and, it, and it makes perfect sense to me. I know that that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's even mentioned in scripture. That's part of the reason. The festivals were placed when they were the mm-hmm. early harvest, mm-hmm. and the, sure. the, the second you know the later harvest with the wheat and so mm-hmm.
1: on. And in the very next chapter, which is not part of a reading, we'll find that Jesus goes up on a mountain, huh? And uh, two or three of his disciples go with him, and they want to say, "Hey, we need to be tabernacles or, or shelters for you. What is that? And why does that follow Pente- uh, Passover and Shavuot or Pentecost? Because that's the Jewish holiday of yes, you guessed it." Tabernacles or Sukkot in Hebrew. It's those three come right, right in that order. All right. Well very good.
3: Well we appreciate you very much, Austin, calling in and reminding us again sure. of some of the things on your heart and mind, things you've learned that have been very helpful. And uh, I think you're already on our winners list. Yep. If if you want to make sure, talk to uh, Jake to Mark in there. But I oh, think I there I saw your name and I'm I'm, I'm gearing up to put out this great, great, big mailing now of all of these packages. So uh, don't be surprised. One of these days, it's going to happen. All right. Wait patiently right. on the Lord. <laughs> yes. And, and, okay. and, and Soapy. And on Soapy, I guess. All right. Thanks, Austin, for all calling. Right. Good evening.
1: Thank you, sir. Good Thanks. to hear
3: from you. All right. Then we can uh, give our number three four zero ninety five eighty five. Fernando or Gilbert, if you'd like to call us back. If you back, anyone would like to join us we'll okay. take Fernando on one well let's go and talk with Fernando I'm glad he called in hi Fernando how are you and your family doing
4: tonight uh, fine thank you
3: good to hear from you, pal uh this is a young man I got to meet this week and I'm really excited about uh, a, a new friendship with him and his uh, sweet family what well, did you hear a question tonight that you thought maybe you could answer for us or
4: yeah uh no Mark uh Hebrew name
3: uh-huh I mean
4: I, I think it's Maccabee
3: ah the Maccabee that's interesting uh, but that's not the name I'm looking for. What's one of the most common names in uh, in America today? I mean, it's uh, it's it's used by a lot of people, uh, and it's the name of the fourth gospel of the Bible. The second gospel is Mark. The fourth gospel is what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John, he that's got it. He got did it. I knew we can help him get the edge of that? Yeah, it's John Mark, uh, and, and sometimes they actually use both names. Uh, his uh Hebrew name is John his his Roman name it was Mark. I don't know if that's is that accurate, Jacob? Does that Well, I uh, uh
1: John of course in Hebrew was Yachanan. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's the English translation sure.
3: Okay. So Mark it would be more Roman.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and a all Jews Mark in Hebrew? No. Mark? Yeah, yeah. Mark actually mar- many Jews have named Marcus, but um you see all Jews have a name of the culture they live in, uh-huh. and they also have a hebrew name okay so it 's very common procedure
3: well there you go with this our answer is, it's young John mark and he's a very interesting individual uh he has a up and down experience with jesus uh, as you might remember fernando he he got uh, he was a young man when when uh, I remember his mother was um hmm, I think his mother was mother was named Mary, as well. But they were having a prayer meeting, and they went to try to get uh, Peter released from jail over in the Book of Acts, and they went to um, it was John Mark's home to the uh, of his parents, and uh, they were having this prayer meeting, and that was the house where where the, the the little servant girl Rhoda went to answer the door. It was Peter. He was released from jail, but she was so afraid. of Thought he was a ghost or Oh, something.
1: that's right. Remember yeah. they
3: were praying for, the, for Peter to be released? Yeah.
1: And she opens the door and there's a ghost. She closes, closes the door and I said, why would you close the door? And she said, well, he's a ghost and I can't see him right now.
3: <laughs> and Peter, you know, <laughs> and they had been praying for Peter to be released. And sometimes we Christians, and when God yeah. answers our prayer, well, we act like we're the most surprised.
1: Well, you know? somebody one time answered the door and I said, who's there? And they said, the invisible man. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't see you right now.
3: That's good. That's good. Well, Fernando, thanks for calling in. Uh, should we? Can I give you another question and just kind of h- help you to clear up one of these other questions for us? Let's, uh, yeah, I'll I could try I another can one. one You know, you he, he knows his Bible pretty well. He hears our Bible reading program through the week. Let me find one that I think. Do you remember? Hmm, 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 hmm. Let me ask you this question and see if you. I, I think you might get the answer to it. There was a tax collector named Levi that answered Jesus' call to discipleship. In Mark chapter 2, verse 14, his Hebrew name was Levi. Uh, do you, by what other name do you know Levy. Levi? Levi, okay. Yeah. Do you happen to know what was his? He's a tax collector. Remember, uh-huh. he's a tax collector. Uh-huh. And he. Jesus went to him and said, follow me. And he left his tax table and his office there, and he followed Jesus. Do you happen to remember what his name was? Uh,
4: let's see.
3: His Hebrew name was Levi or Levi.
1: Mm-hmm. Matthew. Matthew. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're. Okay. Fernando is good. Now, Fernando, good, Fernando. What, this is the bonus question. Fernando, what is your Hebrew name? <laughs> Jacob, e- right? day. No.
3: Well, okay. Fernando, thanks for calling. Would you give your information to Mark, and we'll send some package, surprise package to you, all right? Okay, sir. Don't Thank hang God. up.
1: Thank you. All right.
3: Who's on line uh, two? Mike. Michael. Hi, Michael. Hello, Michael.
7: Hello, hello, Sophie. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Let's hear from Um Mike. Jacob was telling jokes, so I I had a a funny joke from Lester Roloff.
4: Oh, yeah. Good, good. One yeah, of our, about our favorite the, old-time uh,
7: preachers. 40, yeah. 40, 40 of years for Moses. Lester Roloff used to always preach, um, uh, Moses spent the first 40 years learning how to be a somebody, the second 40 years learning how to be a nobody, nobody. and then finally he was useful to, to God. <laughs> and so us, us guys that are, are nobodies, we should never lose hope. And, um, because God, is God preparing uses us nobodies, doesn't he? <laughs> That's right,
3: Mike. I like that a lot. He spent the first 40 years learning to be a somebody, you know, rising in politics and power and so on. The second 40 years, learning to be a nobody out in the desert herding sheep. And then finally, who is in shape for God to be able to use him. I, that's, yeah. Does that preach, Jacob?
1: It does. In fact, if you catch this pun, because Jews don't have a physical representation of God, so they, Jews believe in nobody.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a oh. joke.
7: <laughs> well, that,
3: that's, oh.
1: uh,
7: there you uh, go. <laughs> well, I, I had a... A couple other interesting things about how people changed their lives around. Um, it's interesting to me that um, Simeon and Levi were the two brothers that massacred Sikkim. Yes. And Levi is such an important uh, father of all the priesthood. And then uh, Judah, who was an instigator of the sale of Joseph into slavery to Egypt, uh, he turned his life around, and uh, he became um, a very important man of uh-huh. uh, uh, yes. the tribe of Judah.
3: The tribe of Judah from which came the Messiah, the Redeemer. Yes. Uh, interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. very interesting. Now, when he says that Levi is the father of the priesthood, technically that's Aaron, right? But is Levi considered?
1: Yeah, the, tri- the tribe is the tribe of Levi. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but it's uh, inside the tribe is... The Kohen, like you've met Jews with the last name Uh Kohen. Kohen is the Hebrew word for priest. So you have the in the tribe of Levites, you have the priest and the caretakers and the division of labor all Uh within the tribe. So, So, but Aaron,
3: is Aaron one of the sons of Levi? There's a little mix here, I think. Uh, Who came first, Levi or Aaron? Well,
1: Moses and Aaron are brothers.
3: That's true. Mm -hmm. So, and Levi Mm -hmm. was their Mm -hmm. father? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Well then, uh, but there's something a little tricky there. I've noticed in the generational, uh, the genealogies, that he's not exactly on the same line. Aaron is not in the same line. Uh, Ko- the Koathites and the I'm sa- Morarites, I'm mm-hmm. not Morarites, sa- I'm not sure if mm-hmm. I'm saying the same thing. They weren't all brothers with Aaron and no. Moses, were no, they? No. They were kind of nephews or something? Or?
1: Well, at one time, there was as many as 5,000 priests in Israel. Okay.
3: So, yeah, they're not on a straight line. In other words, Moses and Aaron were a different level mm-hmm. in the but, genealogy. And this is
1: why you've got the rotation where they serve for two weeks at a time. So. Exactly. Yeah,
3: all right. Well, there you go, Michael. We've pooled okay. our ignorance here <laughs> and brought a little, maybe a, lo- a little bit of insight and, there. And
1: we're all, in the the there, we're all in the shallow end of
3: the pool. Yeah, we're all in the shallow end of the pool. Oh, just a,
7: just a, a question. Um, I was, um, what's the month of Abib? Um, we're supposed to present ourselves to God in the month of Abib, and I thought, well, ask Jacob.
1: Yeah, have you, have you, you got a Jewish calendar? Is that what you're looking at?
7: No, I I read
3: it in, um, uh-huh. the Bible. Uh-huh. I, Isn't there a song in the very, very month of
1: Abib? Old month? Testament. Yes, there there is, but oh, we rarely sing that song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually it's what you would consider to be like generally around September because okay. that's when you, uh, uh, Yom, Yom Kippur is going to occur and that kind of thing. There's a month where there is no Jewish holidays whatsoever, and uh, that is the month before the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And in that time, there's a phrase that's very well known. that's even quoted in the New Testament yeah, it's it's about uh, the shepherds who are in the field. And Jesus get, and in Matthew, he explains field is the world. Do you remember Jesus explaining that? Uh-huh. Well, that's a very Jewish thing.
3: The field is white unto harvest?
1: Yeah. Well, well the world is the field. Uh-huh. So God is in the field. Ah, so you're, this is your opportunity to... Blow the shofar for each day of 30 days and present yourself. And then when you present yourself, you go through Rosh Hashanah. That's your last 10 days to correct your things you did wrong to other human beings. And then you present yourself to God on Yom Kippur. All right.
3: Well, you ask and he answered. I'm, I, I hope it made sense to you, Michael.
6: I'm, I'm, At any I'm rate, here, here's the best, the best thing, thing. Michael.
1: Yes, you just pray to God and you work it out and it really is okay even if it's not on the right day. It doesn't make any difference for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> Thank you, pal. I like
7: that a lot.
3: Appreciate hearing from you, Michael. We're well, gonna... Okay,
7: So Shelby. We'll oh, bye, Jacob. Have a
1: Bye-bye. great night. Bye-bye. All right.
3: Bye. Take care okay. now. Take care We're going to bye. take a moment as we finish up the program tonight. Let's go through these final questions and make sure we can give an answer. In the first 40 verse, uh, Psalm 40 David says that God heard his cry and turned to him after David had, I, I actually uh, I think it was Lisa that answered that question, after David had waited patiently for the Lord. Oh, that was Christina, I believe. Then Psalm 147 was written on what occasion, and that was re- the return of the Babylonian ex- exiles from, from the exile in Babylon over to uh, Israel, back to the promised land uh, to rebuild uh, Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. So that's what Psalm 147 commemorates. Uh, In Psalm 148, all of creation is broken into two great choirs praising God from two places. It says from the heavens in verse 1 and it says from the earth in verse 7. And then the last five Psalms, Numbers 146 through 150, they all begin with the words, Praise the Lord. They begin and end with the words, praise the Lord, which we know in Hebrew is hallelujah. Uh, so those five songs.
1: Everybody, everybody can speak Hebrew.
6: That's
3: right.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's
3: one good word that we can all learn. Praise the Lord. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses challenges to me, people to make a life or death decision. And what is that decision? Now, that's a hard question. You'd have to go to the passage. But in chapter 30, verse 16, it says, Love God and obey His commands. If he challenges the people to, to, uh, and he says it's a question of life or death. And of course, I think we're seeing a little bit of that even as a, uh, America today. We have that same decision before us to love God and honor God in our uh, national life. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Gilbert, we if you want, too if you want. might experience destruction or, or decline in our national life. So it's a good, good lesson for us. During the year of release, was that called Jubilee? Uh,
1: it could be. No, this particular one, I think they're referring to as the seven years.
3: Okay, the seven years when uh, when the, when the uh, slaves were re, the servants were released from mm-hmm, their. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what book did Moses say that should be read to all the people when they gathered for the festival of shelters? And of course, it was Moses' book, the Deuteronomy, the book of the second law, right? Or mm-hmm. Second, he was his own book that he was touting there. Uh, for the year of release. Well that's it, Jacob. Anything final things on your mind as we close out the program?
1: Tonight? No, but we could say after the show's over, we can say hi to Gilbert.
3: Yeah. Hey on Gilbert, we can do it with you in just a moment. Folks, uh, listen to the Bible Life through the week and we'll see you right back here next Sunday night on the Bible Life Quiz Show. Take care.
7: The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is
3: P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the The Bible Bible Live (laughs) Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Sophie and the Bible Live broadcast.
6: You may also order materials at the website
7: and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel
3: and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.